in the know for Monday, January 10, the 10th day of 2022. There are 355 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast. On Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Will we thaw out? Will we not? What's the weather going to be? The uh, NFL postseason is set. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on in the know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. You went with the earbud look again today, I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to adjust to the new haircut. Yeah? Yeah. You know, it'd be <laughs> even better if you had, uh, say, like wireless AirPods that you could do, and that way you wouldn't be tethered. Yeah, wouldn't but, that be fancy? Yeah, but we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And there's... A reason why I do not have those. Because you'd lose them? I would lose them. Oh, okay. Well, I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that was the singular reason. Um, if you uh, imagine going to a uh, hotel to spend the weekend, you know, just to relax and recuperate and recharge your batteries, get pampered a little bit, and then in the lobby of your hotel, imagine an elephant walked in. Would that be something that would interest you? I would love that. No elephants allowed, apparently, in this hotel in Zambia, Africa. This could only happen in Africa. It wouldn't, this wouldn't happen in North America. A hotel manager in Zambia says he was surprised when he looked up from his desk and saw an elephant standing in the front lobby. Apparently, the large animal had entered the building looking for snacks. Well, sure. Well, I mean... Peanuts? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows that hotels have peanuts and snacks that go in there. That's what the elephant's looking for. That reminds me, for some reason, of the movie Blended when they go on their African vacation. I love and that you movie. see all of the uh, wildlife around. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award, two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and for enough money, Pittsburgh. He's Sam Gormley <laughs> and the sports. Morning, Sam. I've been there once. It's a, it's a terrible city. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you? I, I'm doing well. I figure you're unhappy. You're mad today because Steelers fans are happy. See, I was torn last night watching that game because the absurdity of it ending in a tie to keep the Steelers out, uh-huh. a little part of me was like, yes, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> but know. then the other part of me that actually would love to see the Bengals maybe win a playoff game in my lifetime yeah, uh, really doesn't want New England to come to town and would much rather have a chance at the Raiders. So the part of me was cheering for the Raiders. And luckily, I got that at least. The worst worst scenario that would have happened would have been the Chargers winning that game last yeah, night. Yeah, but see, the, the the Raiders go to the Chiefs, don't they? No, the Raiders come to Cincinnati. The Raiders do come to Cincinnati? If it would have been a tie, they would be going to the Chiefs. I see. Okay. Uh, interesting. So, so I it's tried, the Steelers tried, at the Chiefs. I tried to pay some attention to that last night, or at least this weekend schedule. So it's going to be a weird weekend schedule because it's uh, two wild card games on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday for the Correct. first time. So that might be an interesting look. Uh, you were wanting a tie in that last game last night. It almost was. Correct. I mean, it was, it a, great, down, it was a great game. came down to great the, game. the final little bit, and a field goal is what made the made the difference. Weather today uh, going to be chilly and sunny to start the week. 
It was uh, cold, bitter cold this morning. We're going to see, I, I, as the morning goes, conditions will get better from a black ice perspective. But areas where water was standing or it was still streaming across roadways, you saw some hard freeze yesterday afternoon and into the evening. So just be be prepared. This is going to be, in my mind, what I will label this as the first full week of winter. We've had winter since, you know, December 21st, but it's been uh, it's been anchored on one end of the week or the other by something in the upper 50s or into the 60s. Well, our highs this week are mid-30s, maybe even, even up to the upper 40s, which I would consider moderate or mild or average for our winters, and we'll see overnight lows in the 30s. Now, it'll be cold again tomorrow morning, but then after that, we'll see lows uh, around the freezing point for the next few days. And potentially another rain-snow event on Saturday into early on Sunday. So mostly sunny, high of 35 today, mostly clear. 16 is the low tonight, sunny, and 36 for tomorrow. Back to school for most school districts today after having Thursday and Friday off, uh, with the exception of Jefferson County Public Schools. They audibled last minute, and uh, Jefferson County Public Schools are out of school today. But then they are on NTI for the rest of the week. That's obviously not a weather move. That's a COVID move. And so in um, where you have population density like Jefferson County, Chicago, New York, places like that, they're going to continue to face these issues. I will be um, interested in seeing what happens in the more, more rural portions of our country, in particular of our state, just to see, you know, what happens in modifications. As I told you last week, part of the, part of the, ex, uh, the expeditious way in which administrators decided on Wednesday to cancel school pretty much for the rest of the week, they knew when they, when they did, if they were canceling for Thursday, they were canceling for Friday, was to try and create some separation, some social distancing among people. And it's not just students, it's staff having so many problems staffing classrooms right now because of a lot of positivity of people having to isolate after testing positive. They can't, uh, they can't work. So anyway, that'll be something to monitor in the coming days. A state highway department salt truck driver escaped serious injury after hitting a patch of ice and leaving Owensboro Road uh, late morning on Saturday. The Grayson County Sheriff's Office, LFD, and EMS responded to the 5,000 block of Owensboro Road. You might lovingly know it as Highway 54 and found a state highway department salt truck had hit a patch of ice, spun 180 degrees, and slid off off the roadway uh, onto an embankment. The driver suffering from scrapes and bruises was transported to Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. State police also assisted at the uh, at the scene. We were talking. To, we were we were praising uh, KYTC personnel the conditions that they get out in um, in days like that and trying to you know keep things clear and keep things clean. And it's not exactly a cakewalk out there. They can find themselves putting themselves in danger as well, which. He did on Saturday morning. A Clarkson man has been jailed in Hardin County after ramming a woman's vehicle as she drove and breaking into her residence. This happened Thursday about uh, Thursday night about 1030. State police responded to Flint Hill Road in White Mills to a report of a frantic woman. The victim told police that a 32-year-old Joshua Logston had rammed her vehicle multiple times as she drove. 
She further told law enforcement that she had been at a friend's house when Logston called her multiple times. She left the residence, spotted his Ford F-150 near the intersection of Highway 224 and Flint Hill Road. Logston approached the female, female's vehicle and began ramming her van as she attempted to drive home to uh, her residence in White Mills. When she got to the residence, she found the front door and her house had uh, front door open. Her house had been ransacked, and a witness said Logston was earlier driving around the home. And so police uh, conducted a um, investigation and found him at his home. He had uh, emitted a strong odor of alcohol, was agitated, according to law enforcement, arrested and charged second degree assault, second degree burglary, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The worst, not that there is ever a time. That that's okay, but think, what, what was Thursday night? We had eight inches of snow on the ground. Why are you ramming people when they're eight inches? I mean, not that there's ever a time to do that, but it's like roads were horrible. It, it made it even worse, is yes. what you're saying. It's yes. an insult to injury, uh, or injury to injury, I guess, in, in this case. State lawmakers had a rare Saturday session in Frankfurt, and they wrapped up their redistricting work passing bills to redraw congressional and legislative maps that now will be scrutinized by Governor Bashir. The measures overwhelmingly cleared legislature, signaling the new boundaries are poised to become law, even if uh, the governor rejects them because they have the, you know, they have the votes to override if they need to. GOP lawmakers have the uh, muscle to override. So the map that you see is most likely the map you're going to get. The stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> with with the slight exception, with the slight exception of legal challenge. You know, it could be uh, it could be challenged legally, but I'm not sure what that does to you for your election cycle and all those things. And at least the GOP thinks that these things are uh, that they are constitutional and would stand up to challenge. Even if they happen to be, the changing boundaries stem from population changes in the past decade. And what's happening is people are moving away from the poles, if you will. They're moving away from far western Kentucky. They're moving away from far eastern Kentucky. And they're relocating along the, basically along the interstates. If you just take I-65 and you say I-65 is a backbone, and you take I-75 and you say it's a backbone, people are moving closer to those major highways and the parkway system and, and that. And so it's causing complication, yet it is ugly. I mean, it just... Just makes it, it makes zero it, sense. It makes Frankfurt to Fulton. It makes slightly more sense today, and I mean slightly, a sliver more sense today that Franklin County is in the first district. I knew this, but I guess I knew I was not surprised to learn this, but I didn't know it. The Comers have a residence in Frankfurt. But should you redistrict because of that? No, you, you definitely play, you, know. you definitely should not do that. And I believe that gerrymandering at its finest is in play. But what I was looking for was even the ability to sell this, right? Like to, to defend it. If you say, well, the Comers have a residence in Frankfurt and they live there and have lived there a lot since he was the agriculture commissioner. So that's why we feel he's an adequate representative for Franklin County. Well, you may poo-poo that as a defense, but it is at least 
a defense. Whereas this time yesterday, I didn't even know that that was that that was a thing. Even though I know that the Comers are visible around Frankfurt throughout the year, I just thought it was like, wow, they spend a lot and of I time traveling back and forth from Tompkinsville to play devil's advocate to that. Say, well, would it make sense? Probably if he lives in Franklin County, that he knows a whole lot more about Fayette County. There's a very good chance of that, but. Here's where here's where I this is where the wasteland kicks in. If Crittenden, Fulton, Ballard, if people are fleeing those counties, they are lighting up our map, but there's just not near as much population and that's what this is. This is not based upon acreage, it's based upon population. So at some point in time, are we going to have to reshape our state? Does our state become a lot less wide? You know, because people aren't living there anymore. It's just, I, I don't, that's a question. That's not, uh, that's not a statement. But it still looks ugly. It's just. Um, I just feel like that there should be a lot smarter way to do it. I don't, you'll just never, there's no good place to call a time. Like, okay, that's the end of this game. Let's redraw this whole thing. I just think you'll never get to that point. But you would hope that you could. Uh, in another rare move, there was a preemptive budget released by the GOP in Frankfurt over the weekend. So ahead of the governor preparing to give his budget speech or present his budget to the state this week, the GOP went ahead and released what the budget was going to be, which is a shrewd political move, but a real slap in the face. Um, It basically is to say, I won't call it a dog and pony show, but I think a lot of I think a lot of Kentuckians don't know that when the governor, no matter who the governor is, comes out and proposes a state budget, that's just his or her proposal for a state budget. It actually comes down to the legislature deciding how the budgetary process goes for the state. But then the governor has some discretion over funds that are allocated, you know, that are controlled by the executive branch, et cetera. But it is a it is a rare move and one that is a, I guess a power move, so to show on, to put on display we're the ones that are drawing the straight state budget no matter what your wish list is, which takes I have to just think that's their attempt to take some of the wind out of his sails when he gives what will basically be a here's what I promise to do for you over the next couple of years while I am also running for. Re-election. It's kind of ugly and it's messy and it's unprecedented. I don't know if the move backfires on them or not. I just would like to see a little bit more bipartisanship. I think that's what we need more of. And I don't know that that, that screams, hey, we want to work with you. Yeah, the good news for uh, state police officers, social workers, is that both the governor and the GOP and their budget are proposing are – proposing, um, Raises. Raises. They'll continue to uh, beef up the compensation for those two sectors. Now, you can, this may not be an apples and apples comparison, or it may be on how you look at it, but what the GOP budget is going to do is they say they're going to increase SEEK dollars, 4100 per student, then 4200 per student in the second year. And what they're doing is it's, and Maybe it's a completely political move, but we know Governor Bashir, when running, he was made he made a promise to school teachers to give them raises. And so what the GOP is doing is they're saying we're going to increase seek funding to local school districts, and then if for those that have already increased 
teacher salaries. They can use this revenue to do that. Or we're going to give you the revenue to say if you want to raise salaries in your local school districts, you can do that rather than do this overarching every school teacher gets a raise type of thing. So you, you know, you, you're either on one side of that issue or the other, and I'm not sure what's the, what's the better plan. I guess I'm for the practical approach, but I don't know that either of them sound overly practical. So we'll hear more about the state budget coming up this week. It does make me wonder, if I'm Andy Bashir, do I still give my state budget address? Like, it's already out there. They've either upstaged me. Do I go through the charade of probably? I, oh, yeah. I use the Absolutely. opportunity, I would think so. use the opportunity to sell what I want and draw contrast. <laughs> you already know what they're going to do, so I guess it puts you in a position to say, "Here's what they're not doing that they should be doing." So maybe it's a political opportunity for him. I don't know. Here's another thing that they did, um, the legislature did, and I don't, I, I'm not sure where I am with this yet because I don't know enough. The Senate passed a bill, sent it over to the House which will shift key school governance decisions in Kentucky to superintendents. So Kara was born back in, I guess, what, 89 or 90, the Kentucky Education Reform Act. And what we got out of Kara was the SBDM, Site-Based Decision-Making Councils. And they, for the last 30 years, have been helping to shape and craft hiring and firing decisions, curriculum decisions, et cetera. And so what the legislature is is uh, proposing, the Senate is proposing and now asking the House to sign off on, is to give more power on curriculum and on hiring and firing of principals to superintendents rather than SBDMs. So I, I've only been able to get about an inch deep in this thing, so I don't, I don't really know, and I'm not an educator, so I'd be interested, you know, it'll be interesting to hear what educators have to say about it. Um uh, Drawn up in a perfect world, I think the SBDM model is ideal. The more stakeholders that you get, you get teacher representative, you get parent representative, you get community representative, you get leadership, et cetera, that you, you would want, you would want that. I agree. If it works. But what the, what the legislature is making a case for is that it isn't working and that you're only as good as your council and you've got people who really don't know about education and the nuance and you're also holding people, you're not able to hold people as accountable as you would. So this way you're holding superintendents accountable for the leadership and steering of the ship. So it really is reverting to 1988 instead of 1989. So you kind of have to decide on the educational system, was it better in the 80s or was it better in the 90s because this proposed move is more back to the way that it used to be. Um, so I, I would need each side to make me a pro and con list so yeah. I can sit there and I can look at it. I, I need more information. Yep. It, uh, it, and it will be interesting to see if the House makes any modifications as well because obviously they can modify this and send it back over to them. Did you see the headline about this apartment building in the Bronx, New York Terrible. that killed 19 people including 9 children overnight? Um, you know, I if you if you're in New York City and you see just high-rise buildings everywhere, it just it it almost you almost lose a sense of place how vertically placed you are in areas of New York City because it's it's a vertical city. But you think about these fires, like fire starts and then it rages all over these buildings. This fire was limited to two apartments. 
But because of the failure of a fire door to close, the smoke from that fire went up every up every floor of this 19-story building. Firefighters were running out of oxygen in their tanks to be able to go out and rescue. And so really most of these deaths and the injuries were smoke inhalation, not from the actual fire itself. But it just shows you nine children, what right? a small fire. Yeah, 19 people, nine children died in that fire. The Titans clinched the AFC's top seed with a 28-25 win over the Texans yesterday. Sam, how do you feel about the Bengals losing the Battle of Ohio? I mean, they didn't play a single starter. I mean, Jamar Chase played for four or five plays. They were saying the postseason is more important than us beating Cleveland. Absolutely, because, I mean, they had already lost the ability with the Chiefs winning on Saturday to have the number one seed. So they could only get the three or the four seed, pretty much. Okay. And is is really the three versus the four that much of a difference? And the answer is more than likely no. Uh, so, Ty um, Ty Washington breaks John Wall's assist single game assist record, and the Cats beat Georgia on Saturday. Tom Crean's weird. He, he's very weird. Tom Crean is weird. He, he, He's very, he's always been a little. But did you see though. that hug? Yeah, from Savi against Savi Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, it was it was awkward. You've got an injured really neck. Awkward. Let me grab you by the neck and see how you like it. Yeah, and college football championship tonight: Bama and Georgia in Indianapolis, showing the Big Ten what real football looks like. Who you got, Sam? Hard to bet against Saban. Yeah, hard to get bet against Saban. Miss Buckles, Tide or Bulldogs? Um, Tide. I'm going to take the Tide. All right, I'll take the Bulldogs. <laughs> Just to be different. We'll see how it goes. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Note. Plant Appreciation Day. <laughs> Are you, you? Does that mean you have to walk around all your house plants and tell them that you appreciate them? Because if so, like, that's going to take a while. Yeah, it, it could take a while, but no, I'm not going to do that. Are you delegating it, or are you just are you basically saying I've delegated you're gonna some? Them, you're going to leave them feeling appreciated or unappreciated. Uh, We've well, got some in the building here. You can. Well, yeah. They You'll just are going to be what out. they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So you're basically just hoping they don't find out that it's House Plant Appreciation Day. And if they do, and they decide to wither, I could stand mm-hmm. to lose one or two. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, well, you know how many. I, I mean, have. I agree with you. You I could mean, stand to lose them. Harsh, but just <laughs> just saying, say la vie. Whatever will be, will be. Is a well. Bold I mean, move. same. You just see how many we have at the house. A lot. Um, <laughs> it is Oysters Rockefeller Day today. I, I wouldn't know. I just want Oysters Regular. Mm-hmm. I want Oysters Regular Feller, not Oysters Rockefeller. But Oysters Rockefeller, uh, oysters on the half shell, then topped with a rich sauce of butter, parsley, and other green herbs. 
breadcrumbs and then b- baked or broiled. Well, there's where you go wrong, in uh, my that, opinion. I agree, but we would sounds, try them. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, it doesn't sound bad, but I just, I've just locked. I've got, I've got it dialed in how I want oysters when I have oysters. So I don't, I, I just don't. Again, I'll take the regular feller, not the, <laughs> not the Rockefeller, and we'll just. I agree. Leave it at that. Um. Do you have someone in your life who is constantly correcting your grammar? That I mean, I'm no. N- I would pride myself on having fairly decent grammar. Does poor grammar stand out to you? Yes. Does poor grammar stand out to you? Oh. Yeah. Well, then remember, we, remember, we, we may did. be the grammar police. Oh, yes. No, oh, but, I fully but, fully admit that. Yeah. Fully admit that. But I don't. Because mm-hmm. I have a few, like, ticks. That's like, the, the one mm-hmm. that drives is, I seen it. No, oh. no, yeah. No, you saw it. That one's just one that, like. Sale, sale. Mm, yeah, there's. Um, no, there's some that people say that I probably even say. Because I know technically you're not supposed to say, right, I'm good, I'm well, in that the proper term. But, mm-hmm. yeah, well. Introverts are more likely to judge a person negatively <laughs> on the basis of grammatical errors and spelling mistakes. People who are sensitive to grammatical errors are also more likely to be less agreeable by nature. Extroverted people, though, are more likely to ignore grammar errors. I think I fit both of those. Would you agree? Being introverted and extroverted? Yeah. I I guess it depends on who you're around. Maybe. Uh Um, But grammar police are louder than the other police. Yeah. Is that fair enough to say? I I don't know. It's (laughs) – some of y'all need some grammar lessons. (laughs) Listen, as somebody that has to read, Sam just said y'all. Yeah, right. Some of y'all, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all's a word. I think it's in the dictionary, isn't it? <laughs> but it y- should not be. Uh, all y'all. <laughs> Listen, as somebody that has to read a lot of our Facebook comments, woo. <laughs> just, just basic grammar. He needs hazardous duty for that. There, there, there. Oh, two, two, two. It's not hard. I had somebody recently on a um, headed. H e a d e d, head it h e a d i t. Oh, I, I, I got I got plenty of good ones here yeah. that I could say. Go that, I'd say we could go on for days. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's how we could decide whether Kara was good or Kara was bad. So you st- you measure someone's grammar. You say what when what years did you go to school, and then we'll decide was school better then or school better now. <laughs> I'm afraid of the answer. A Los Angeles mega mansion, if you're looking for a new home in 2022, a Los Angeles mega mansion becomes the most expensive property in the United States. So if you're watching, there's a little video. It's in Beverly Hills. It's the most expensive home listed. It has a $295 million price tag. It is a 105,000-square-foot Los Angeles mega mansion. became the most expensive property in the United States when it was listed for $295 million on Friday. The Bel Air home, at, known as The One, was listed by Brandon Williams of the Beverly Hills Estate 
and Aaron Kirkman of Kirkman Group at Compass. The home was built with a stated goal of creating the most expensive home in the country with an eventual asking price of $500 million. But the uh, debt grew to more than $180 million in 2021. It was placed into receivership. A bankruptcy agreement struck in December. We'll see the house go to auction if it does not sell by February 7. So $295 million. To tell you the truth, I would have expected there would be a home somewhere in the United States that might be valued more than $295 million. But it's the location. Have you put in your bid for this yet? No. I mean, I'd offer $100 million on it. Um, I mean, maybe the video covered... Footage is not showing, but where are all the pools? I saw a bowling alley. You have 42 baths. Only 42? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's quite an Airbnb. (laughs) By the way. And a beauty salon. I said I would offer $100 million. I mean, I certainly don't have $100 million to offer, but. You got 98, though, right? I think I could talk somebody into a $100 million loan (laughs) if you could buy that, which was, you know, supposedly supposed to be $500 million. If you could buy it for $500, there's a. That's a, a bargain. For 21, uh, 21 bedrooms, too, your entire family could, could pitch in and get that, and you could never see one another. You make that sound like it's a good – oh, uh, oh that, that part might I'm be saying, okay. Like, never you guys see could, one another. You guys could have a Christmas room or something. It'd be the same thing, just <laughs> one room in the house. You'd you guys... still see them on only the holidays. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, it's so big. That, that might would work. So CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is – Underway in Las Vegas, and it is uh, showcasing consumers, uh, actually more vendors in the media, what some of us consumers have to look forward to in the next decade. And this one stood out to me. BMW, the Bavarian Motor Works, has developed a car that will mess with your head. Their Flow electric concept car can change colors at the press of a button. Going from white to gray or black and then back again in moments. It isn't actually done with paint, but with the same sort of technology used in electronic readers, the body panel surfaces have millions of tiny capsules, each one containing negatively charged white pigments and positively charged black pigments. Electric currents bring one pigment or to the other surface and then creating different shades. If they do both of those, it creates a gray. So will there be a day where you can just change the color of your car based upon your mood? I don't know that I'd want that. I love this. You do? I do. Because it would I'm you could coordinate with your accessories. I'm typically a Mercedes girl, yeah. but huh? BMW, if you can switch colors, just mess with people. Yeah, that's fun. I don't think if this takes off that See, the other auto manufacturers won't follow suit. So that's the good news. You See, can keep your I brand. would forget what color my car was that day, and I wouldn't be able to find it in the parking lot. That could be a problem. I mean, use your clicker. Well, I, I mean, if you're in a wait a minute, Sam. Uh, by then, all you'll do is stop out, and, fr- and it'll out come front get of. Uh, I was trying to think of the store that you shop at, oh, dear. Uh, Von Mar, and all those other <laughs> yeah. high end yeah. uh, department stores. You'll when you, you won't a sports even, game, you, you know, at Grayson you, County High School. You yeah. won't even have to summons it. It will just know, and it will circle around. So there will never be any losing your car in the parking now, lot. Will it also <laughs> you, put all the groceries in the car and then take them inside and put you, them all away? You betcha. Listen, we have mastered the, the uh, grocery pickup and the grocery delivery. 
the next frontier is the grocery put away. I mean, it's only a matter of time that we figure out where the groceries are going to go. I mean, eventually, I'll be able to download our groceries, and that'll be awesome. you got to get to a break. We'll come back. More on the way here on In the Know. Scrolls on their devices about five miles a year. Who would have thought it was more than that, honestly? If you scroll, that's just the average person, I guess. But do you uh, factor in babies and toddlers? And like, <laughs> do you have to have a device to be considered as a person, or is just this all people? I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I would have thought it was more than that because that's it's a lot of scrolling. What if you have two devices? Combines them both, right? Is that two and a half miles per device? Does it count or scrolling it be... on your on your mouse? Uh, that's a good question. That would be a lot. But then again, there's people who don't even have mouses anymore because it's all touchscreen. <clears throat> or what if you have a mouse for your iPad? Are they mouses or are they oh. mice when it comes to computers? That's mouses, mice. You said mouses. Moosin. <laughs> Mouse, mice. You said mouses. Well, mouses, mice, <laughs> potato, potato. When, when you're talking about a computer, I, I don't, it might I don't be. Know I don't know. Correct. Is the is the mouse like an acronym, or just because it looks like a small mouse? I I don't I, I don't have, know the answer to that. Well, I'm mine not, doesn't have a tail. So. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's true. But the original the original ones did 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 have tails. Something happened to mine, I guess. A weekend box office <laughs> lost its tail. It's like a lizard. Weekend box office, Spider-Man remained at number one, joining the top ten grossing films of all time. Sony and Marvel's Spider-Man, no way, stayed atop the chart, climbed up uh, the list to the top ten grossing film of all time for the domestic box office, thanks to male moviegoers ages 18 to 34, who don't appear deterred by a a virus or anything like that. Spidey earned $33 million in its fourth weekend from 4,012 theaters for a domestic total of $668 $668 million. The, um, we talked about the Book of Boba Fett, the new Disney Plus series, and I, I didn't, I won't say last Tuesday that I panned it, but I did accept some blame that I was underwhelmed, but that may have been because I wasn't paying proper attention. Episode two, very good. So, and I don't know if it's very good because I paid attention and didn't try and second screen while I was watching it, or if it's just much better. But it is much better than, I enjoyed episode two much better than episode one. So, I thought I should be fair. We'll have to get Dennis Cook's opinion. Yeah. Does that really matter? Does that really matter? Well, I need a second. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but you put it that Nor straight. am I. So. So. <laughs> so you can't just take my word for it, I see. Correct. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Need another, need another person's opinion. Golden Globe good. 2022 winners, the best motion picture drama. The winner was The Power of the Dog. Never heard of it. I didn't even know the Golden Globes were happening. Um, 
they announced the winners in a ceremony yesterday at the Beverly Hilton, but it was not broadcast on TV or no, anything. Well, that's, so that's reasonable. That's well, it's why, not like I would have watched anyways. So. Yeah. But you didn't even hear. It's like, hey, they're coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. The best motion picture musical or comedy went to West Side Story. Heard of it. Best actor in a motion picture at Will Smith for King Richard. By the way, I'm disappointed that got that got away from HBO Max before I could watch it. It was only on for 30 days, and I went about 32 days in mm-hmm. wanting to watch it, and it was gone. So, lesson learned. That's the is that the Venus and Serena one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, best actress in a motion picture: Nicole Kidman, being the Ricardos. So we attempted being the Ricardos Friday evening. Yeah, we did. I've never even heard of this. So it's an inside look at Lucy and Desi. And I I think a particular stretch in the Lucy and Desi era. I love Lucy. But yeah, I had a bunch of flashbacks of, you know, how they met, how they got together. But the premise of it is uh, Lucille Ball got accused of being a communist. At one point in time, at the height of her fame, because of her upbringing and guilty by association types of things. Um, J.K. Simmons, very good. Very good. I think Javier Bardem is very good as well. Um, I guess I, I think I just, my my palate wasn't set for it. She loves I Love Lucy. So much. And so I thought, well, this is something we can watch together and we can figure this out and we can enjoy it. And it was it it was too heavy. You expect you expect funny when you're talking about I Love Lucy, and this was not funny. For Nicole I don't think Nicole Kidman didn't do a good job. I don't know who else you could cast for that, but I don't yeah, I, I did not care for her. Lucille Ball's face is iconic. Yeah. Her cheek structure, the shape of her eyes, the so, and I, I don't, I'm not saying you can find someone that looks just like Lucy O'Ball who has the acting chops to do it, but I just couldn't get beyond the fact that this is Nicole Kidman playing Lucy O'Ball. Nor could I, because Nicole Kidman also has an, an iconic face mm-hmm. and a certain structure that I, I, I lost Javier Bardem. I was able to forget he's Javier Bardem for, you know, that one weird haircut that he had in that 310 to Yuma or whatever show. Um, I was able to get beyond that, but I don't. Yeah, Fred was my only one. Fred was the only one that I thought that they, that they did a great job with. Um, Ethel, nope. I'm going to give it another try. But we, we got still have a, like an hour. Yeah, left, we got a right? little hour into it. <laughs> we got about an hour out, and I said I can't. I don't. I'm not in the mood to finish this this evening. And fortunately, you agreed and said let's watch something that maybe doesn't require so much paying attention. Fair enough. No, agreed. And and they went through her getting pregnant with little Ricky and yeah. all that, and true. it was a little bit exhausting. Woodstock impresario Michael Lang, if you've ever watched any of the Woodstock documentaries or maybe were there yourself, you know the name Michael Lang. He has passed at age 77. So you got Michael Lang. Then we lost Betty White on New Year's Eve. We lost Sidney Poitier uh, late last week. And then, but the one that's getting, the one that has the world's attention. Bob Saget. 
Lost Bob Saget over the weekend. He's out on tour. 65. 65 years of age and was just on stage the night before. Tweeted what a great time he had. Seemingly hadn't been ill. Not aware of any nefarious circumstances or anything, but the world, including, you know, John Stamos, Dave Coulier, the Olsen twins, uh, Candace Cameron, Bure, is, you know, just the comedic world, everybody just mourning the loss of Bob Saget. If you didn't know him from Full House, you knew him from America's Funniest Home Videos. He was the narrator in How I Met Your Mother. What a, you know, what a great career. So I'm not sure what happened there, but, uh, but, uh, uh, Bob Saget goes on in at age 65. Got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. What single item that you don't currently possess would you most like to have in your home? What single item don't you currently possess that you would like to have in your home? This this premise made it feel big. Like, I can only choose one, and I wasn't sitting around with one. Well, maybe because I just mentioned, but maybe a Roomba? I don't have one. I wondered. So I knew what the point to ponder was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you mentioned Roomba, I thought, well, Roomba, would Roomba be one? But I mean, have you seen our kitchen floor this morning? Well, after the girls, I've not. But more importantly, um, (laughs) I have to be the one responsible for the vacuuming to really appreciate the value of the Roomba. So that's that. I'm like, I'm not going to waste a Roomba on something I don't even do anyway. Okay. So that's why I wondered if there was something else. What about you, Sam? I don't even. You know, Sam, I think you'd like one of those big massaging chairs that they have at the mall. (laughs) You sit down there and you just watch watch football and just. And play games. That would drive me crazy. It would. (laughs) Oh, yes. Mm. Well, I mean, I I knew you were less likely to let a person touch you. Yeah. So if a chair would like simulate and shake and massage you and, you know de-stress then it might help you that's why i thought no <laughs> no yeah no for one i don't really have room for it okay uh my place isn't that big all right i don't know like nothing is coming immediately to mind uh would you like a coffee ninja <laughs> no i don't think i need that <laughs> no okay all right uh, i don't think i need one of those huh. uh maybe i mean and this is more just saying if you're asking me i don't really need this by any means but like a toaster oven maybe like one of those little small ones but i don't really have the room for for that nor do i really want it that much all right hold up <laughs> sam you don't have a toaster i have a toaster oh he said toaster like, oven like the conve- it, oh, convection it's, it's or, like different. the little yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. okay little uh, one that did you, you can see me going you can for do in there. my paper no, right? no. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i understand uh-huh. I got it. A toaster oven a that you open yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. open the window on yeah. and slide things in uh-huh. and out. Of. They sit right. on your countertop to where you don't have to turn on the big oven if right. you're making and wait for it to preheat. If, you're, if I'm making some taquitos or something or some pizza you. rolls, yeah. And, so when you like that oven, the oven preparation, 
you want to avoid the microwave, mm-hmm. but you don't want to use big oven because it's Correct. wasteful. But I don't really have the space for one of those. So. Got it. Yeah, they they do occupy uh, you know counter space on television tonight. That's my jam. Is on NBC. That's uh, Taika Watiti, Rita Ora, Normani, and Taraji P Henson. I don't know who any of those. Okay, people so are. it's the no, names. So they curated a list of uh, guests who have the most exotic names you could come up with. Yeah. I know Taraji P. Henson. And uh, Taika Waititi is from The Mandalorian and the Star Wars universe. Explains why I don't know who that is. On Discovery Channel, season 14 premiere of Street Outlaws, season 13 premiere of Darcy and Stacy on TLC. Oh, dear. Are these those sisters? Yes. Yeah, no thanks. Well, I tried one or two seasons, and I I can't even. Lady Cougar basketball against North Harden Christian tonight at 5 o'clock, too, on K105, K105 Digital Productions, if you're looking for something else. And uh, Georgia and Alabama. Well, luckily you can, because that's even what I was talking with Todd Johnston beforehand. He says he's liking the 5 o'clock tip because we can get home in time to watch the game. Those two over there say roll tide, and I'm just going with Georgia. Thinking maybe Georgia can break it up. Just to be different, right? Basically, just to be different. I think that to win a national championship, you need to have a good quarterback, and the quarterback battle goes towards Alabama, who has the Heisman Trophy win. Here's what I will tell you. No matter who wins, Kentucky's cut is the same. Yeah, I don't care. The Cats win the same amount of money (laughs) no matter which team wins tonight. So maybe those of you that don't know, the earnings from the national uh, title go to the conference – and then the runner-up money goes to the conference. Then that gets divided out among all the member schools. I think the winners and the runner-up probably, like, if you're responsible for earning it, you might get, like, two portions or something like that. But the conference benefits on the whole. So Kentucky wins tonight no matter what. So I don't really, I, care. I don't really care who wins. Today's highlight in history, this date in 2002, Marines began flying hundreds of Al-Qaeda prisoners in Afghanistan to a U.S. base at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. 1776, Thomas Paine anonymously published his influential pamphlet, Common Sense. We could all use a little of that. We need to republish that. <laughs> you, all, you like my board today? I do. I do. I feel like uh, <laughs> I might know what you're shooting at there. I was like, yep, that's exactly right. Why blame people on the whole? Just blame certain ones. You know who you are. In 1861, Florida became the third state to secede from the Union. They came crawling back. They wanted back in. Dang gators. You could blame the Seminoles. I'd blame the gators. 1971, French fashion designer Coco Chanel died in Paris at age 87. Birthdays today, Rod Stewart is 77. He, he's got to be at least 95, looking at him. I will hurt you. I'm not saying, he looks, you can't deny that he looks I will hurt a lot you. older than 77. When? What do you think 77 looks like? I've seen plenty that look de- decent at 77. Rod Stewart but here's has seen what's better weird. George Foreman is 73. Yeah, look at George Foreman. I would have thought George Foreman was older than Rod Stewart. George Foreman and his uh, Foreman Grill, 73. Pat Benatar is 69 today. you got to be careful of those Foreman Grills not to burn your foot on them. Pat 
Benatar. Do you have a Foreman grill? So you got the no. counter space for no. a Foreman grill, but no. not for a toaster oven. No, that was, do you know the, the <laughs> reference from that? That's that's from The Office. No, I don't know yeah. that one. Michael Scott burns his foot on a Foreman grill. Oh, I know that trying one. Trying to make breakfast one mm-hmm. morning. Gone but not forgotten, Roy E. Disney, born in 1930. Jim Croce, born in 1943. Back to the lab again, Wait a minute. So I don't think that's the 50s. <laughs> it's not his turn yet. <laughs> it's a great song, though. 1958. What a transition. Danny and the Juniors, number one, with At the Hop. They were the M&M of their day. Is that true? They sang all kinds of songs about mom spaghetti. <laughs> Matter of fact, mom spaghetti was the B-side to At the Hop. Little known fact. Something to Calm and sweaty. 1967, Aaron Neville, number one, tell her like it is. Baby, my child is too expensive. <laughs> I made fun of Aaron Neville one time, and he threatened me, so I'm not making fun of him ever again. 1976, Sweet, number one, Fox on the Run. I don't think that's the original music video, by the way. Say, that's a little. Yeah, uh, oh, dear. Chicago number one this date in 1985. Brian Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart on his birthday number one in 94 with All for Love. Lose Yourself, 03, Eminem. The one that got away, Katy Perry, in 2012. Blinding Lights, the weekend number one, one year ago today. Leading up to the Super Bowl, uh, halftime show. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, the halftime show. It's, Super Bowl's so late this year, it's hard to it's hard to believe. You have the Super Bowl one day and Well, now you know it's one of 14 teams. Oh, I could start dialing in the menu. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Now Get I your uh, skyline chili start ready. Start eliminating. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm going Big Ted's platter. You got to I mean, at least I'm make going, some uh, skyline uh, chili uh, dip. No, I'm going. I'm going. You full, can't have a I am Cincinnati going full on Montgomery Inn and Huda Pole, and some Grater's ice cream. <laughs> Maybe black raspberry chip. Huda Pole for everyone. Hootie delight. <laughs> I've never, hey, no, I've never had a Huda Pole. I'm not sure that I've ever had one I mean, one my either. entire life, I've gone there and hear them advertising Huda Pole. You know, Huda Pole. And like, what? <laughs> Hootie Delight. <laughs> you got to do. No, I don't know if that's delightful or not. <laughs> MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Try and fail, but don't fail to try. Try and fail, but don't fail to try. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.